Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Future Tech Podcast. It's me, Charlie Sell, the Board Director of Major Group, where I get a chance to speak to thought leaders, people passionate about technology and willing to give up their personal time to share their story for those STEM, for the young people listening to our podcast. As always, this is supported by the STEM Ambassador Association and it's a chance for everyone to, as I say, learn and hear about careers in STEM. I am really, really pleased to have Charlie Bark with me today. Um, Charlie is a CTO passionate about supporting scale-up companies, working with engineering teams and helping people realise it's about building relationships as much as it is about being an excellent coder. Um, he's currently supporting or helping BeautyPie, the global e-commerce company, and, uh, and his story is really, really interesting. So, Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Charlie. It's great to be here. Let's jump straight in and yeah, tell us a bit about your career. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's been a long career. Um, I think I've spent the majority of that time working in the financial services industry in, in the UK, which is a, a regulated space, um, which uh, gives its challenges. Um, it's been it's been a great space to work in. I, I highly recommend it. Um, there's lots of interesting things you can do with technology and building financial services companies is, is just one. Been, been very good to me I think it's fair to say. Fantastic and so how did you start how did you get into technology? Um, I think like a lot of people um, sort of my sort of age group the the home computers were just becoming a thing um, as I was a child so sort of in my sort of 10-11 um, and uh, schools were just starting to get uh, home computers as well uh, and so I think after nagging my parents, eventually they, they gave in and purchased the BBC Model B, which was, if I think back, was actually probably very expensive at the time. I think it was £400 back in 1980 or something like that. Um, but I remember, you know, getting out of the box. And the great thing about computers, those home computers, is when you turned it on immediately, it had a, um, a little cursor and you could start typing basic code. And that's what they taught us at school. So I think that was my first introduction to programming. Um, I don't think it stuck. Like I think it kind of I was like, oh, it's it's kind of that's that's interesting. But I'm someone who's very interested in uh, what can you do with something, and if there's no immediate apparent use for it, um, I kind of file it away and and wait until that maybe that use becomes becomes in. And that really happened at the end of um, university. So I was, I was just finishing up university, and I. Um, uh started to get back into programming so a couple of the modules that i did at university were software development uh by that point it was things like visual basic where you could actually had a visual interface that you could work with um so i found that quite interesting and then started digging in more and more um and then my first job um wasn't really it was actually a data entry job but after having been there for a few few weeks and finished that up they said oh we've got a position in in the it team do you want to join i was like yep sign me up um, and I actually did a couple of a few months of support uh, and they said, well, we've got a permanent job is support or we've got this junior developer role. But would you be interested in that? And I thought to myself, well, people only phone you up when something's broken in IT support. So it might be might be as well to go and do break, do, you know, do the things that break and uh, rather than deal with the, the cleanup. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And so what what? made you decide and whereabouts in your career did you decide that from being learning engineering and you can always go into two tracks can't you you can go from, from an engineer you can go very much into architecture and, and and just staying very very focused on the technology or you can go into leadership and people management and 
and look at um, you know supporting teams. When was there a moment in your career that you decided consciously of which way you wanted to go? Yeah, I think um, I think most engineers are torn about this this question. It really they get pulled in both directions because if you've been doing software development for any amount of time, writing code, and you enjoyed it. You would always, you know, that's something, a good reason to come to work in the morning and really enjoy it. I think what happens is, um, and for me in my journey, it was, I started to see that lots of uh, decisions were being made by people who I worked for, you know, and, you know, fair enough, that's their job, that I didn't agree with. Uh, and I felt those decisions were being made because um, the people who were making them didn't kind of get the engineering side of it. Little did I know that, you know, once you actually find yourself in that position, you have to you have to consider way, way more than <laughs> the engineering. You know, there's lots of other things that need to be considered. Um, people, risks, commercial realities, all that sort of stuff. And you know, when you end up in that managerial role, your eyes are suddenly open to you know, this, this bigger picture. But I think I don't regret it. You know, I think um, I think in my case, I, I haven't wanted to go back to the engineering now that I'm kind of more on the managerial side. Yeah, yeah, great. And we were discussing earlier about relationships and, and how important it is, you know, as as engineers, but but it's probably transferable in in all career levels and jobs. You know, the, the realization that building culture, building relationships, is as important as being an excellent engineer or, or or many other skills. Talk a bit more about you know your view on on how important it is about relationships and culture. I think. Um, you know, it's, it's brilliant to be technically, you know, have good technical depth and good technical knowledge, and that is definitely a skill you need to acquire. Um, I think it's you shouldn't be acquiring that at the expense of uh, looking at the other parts of things that will serve you well over the long term in your career. And one of the key things is is when you're working with people, is working with them in a way that you know is is productive and collaborative and, and enjoyable for you and and the people you're working with. Um, and when you do that. Um, you build those those good relationships that will present you opportunities later down the line in your career because you're not in this day and age we're not all going to be working in in the same job for, you know, when we leave college and till we retire we're going to be doing a changing job I don't know every two three four years maybe um, and so you know the people you work with they'll go off and do different things and you know you'll you might decide you need a new challenge and you'll be able to kind of phone them up and say hey I'm thinking about trying something new what's going on in where you are and that will really, you know, they, they already know you, they can vouch for you, they, they can, you know, they can bring you in and say, yeah, no, he's, he's, you know, he's good at what he does, he's, he's, he works well with others, you know, all these kind of key, key skills that you need to develop. And that will really uh, open doors for you over the long term. Uh, I think that's really important. So it's, it's just kind of, you know, find a balance between acquiring the technical skills and building those good business relationships or those good personal relationships. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, you know, it, it's brilliant how you articulate this because it's, it is just so important. And um, and when you were working, the other bit I was always interested in or really interested with you is we were saying earlier, you've got a real passion for supporting companies in that scale up phase. So that, that growth, the, you know, and, and obviously it comes with so much ambition, but there's also a lot of challenges in scale ups, isn't there? And, and, and demands on, you know, people who join the, that type of business. What 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 have you seen? What what how what type of people flourish in a in a scale up technology business? I think the key thing is that um, when you show up to work, you don't have really an idea of what how your day is going to go, and you're okay with that. Or in fact, you find that 
uh, energizing. You know, you actually get a kick out of it. Um, and also that the, the, the reverse of that is that you more or less know what you're going to be doing each day. And if that's your bag, then great. So I think, you know, it's, it's, this isn't always the case, but typically the larger, more established businesses that have been around for, you know, 10 years plus, um, grown into, you know, they've really found their place in the world. And it's more about keeping the day-to-day -day stuff going, you know, just, you know, everything has a place, put it in its place, get it. Those sorts of businesses are the complete polar opposite of startups. Startups, you tend to wear many hats. So you don't, you know, your job role is not that well-defined and different things come along each day. Um, and it really is the equivalent to every day you go to work, but you go to work a different way, you know, take a different route to work. One day you go on a bus, one day you cycle, the next day you walk, and then you paraglide and every day is different. Uh, and that's definitely what kind of drives me on, keeps me interested, keeps me engaged. When things start, and you know, startups do kind of change as they get established and they do, the, the environment changes, they grow. Um, they become a little bit less personal, obviously, the larger the organization, the less personal it has to become. It's just a numbers game. And I tend to find that my interest starts to wane as the business kind of gets to that scale. And I'm like, OK. And that's when I, I tend to start thinking, OK, maybe it's time for me to look for something that's, you know, new and, and not quite so well formed. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a really good point about the willingness that every day is different, you know, and and. And um, and yeah, you've got to also you've got to get a kick out of that because I think, you know, and it isn't for everyone, is it? Because there's also you know you're you're entering a world of a bit of uncertainty, a bit of and your and your willingness to roll your sleeves up and actually do jobs that may not be in the job spec, um, and and enjoy and embrace that, um, which I guess is the polar opposite. If you wanted to join a a PLC with a very structured graduate or or, or, or training scheme and and keeps you very very focused in quite a narrow a narrow lane but but very much giving a skill in your view and moving on to technology now and you know this whole concept of polygos engineering where today people are learning a breadth of of engineering um, and development languages versus being pure specialists do you have a view on where you would advise people to go um specialist or or have a much wider skill set I think it, it is comes very much down to the individual and, and what they the way they kind of think about things and the way they kind of view everything. So um, there is a place for both. You know, there are a place for people who are generalists and are really good at uh, you know getting a little bit of knowledge about a very large number of languages, topics, technologies, and those people are indispensable, especially in the startup world. Um, but then equally, there are some very specialist jobs out there where having that ability to go deep, deep down into a particular language or technology is incredibly valuable. And it's, these are usually businesses operating at very large scale, you know, think, you know, the Googles and the Facebooks. And, the, uh, and so um, those types of roles do exist for, for engineers. And, and if that's kind of the way you're wired, then you, that's maybe what you should pursue. So a lot of this is about, especially when you're starting out in your career, is getting to know yourself, getting to know what it is you like, what you don't like, where you're strong. Um, and leaning into those those kind of positive sides of you, the things that way things that really resonate with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great advice. Great advice. And then thinking about the future of technology, you know, a lot of a lot of people are talking about AI and machine learning, and you know, I have a passionate personal interest in quantum computing. But where where do you think the world, the technology landscape, is moving towards? Do you do you see anything in the future that that sort of super exciting or Super, super scary. Um, 
it's sometimes hard to predict you know what's going on and, and honestly if i knew the answers i you know i would be <laughs> it's the next elon musk so I, I i don't know um i think if you maybe look back at where at how technology has really kind of um added value it's where it takes away the sort of drudgery and where it removes the the boring the more boring parts of uh, things that we do um and that's typically the reason why that's so valuable is it frees us up to do you know the more interesting work the things where, that really count and um computers are still not actually very good at dealing with people they, they, they they're getting better but you know if you put someone who's non-technical in front of a computer you don't get a lot uh, whereas people are actually very good at dealing with people and i think that's where it, that's where it comes in so um freeing people up to do the people to people stuff and working on you know the collaborative stuff that uh, that's really where technology leads um ai is, is a part of that for, for definite like it, it it does it takes away some of that drudgery and it, it removes some of the drudgery that when i was starting out my career we looked at trying to solve those problems and we're like no it's just you know we'd be here forever trying to trying to automate this thing there's just no return on the investment whereas ai is actually giving us a way to to automate some of the things that we weren't able to do before and take away some of that drudgery so it's a movable feast i think like that's the thing that's the really interesting thing about being in this space is that every year or two or three years something new and interesting comes along that probably won't have the impact everyone's saying it's going to have but it will move the needle you know things will change you will have to consider it um as you roll and things like cryptocurrency and ai and all i mean quantum computing's been around it's kind of a bit like ai in the world it's been around forever but you know it it will have its day in the sun we just don't know when um and so i think uh again going back to this generalist idea is if you're if you if you want to get into leadership into cto then you've got to kind of be interested in quite a broad uh, range of topics um because those are the things that you need to kind of go and investigate you know we've got this problem well how could we solve it could we solve it with quantum could we solve it with ai do we need to blockchain you know what is the what's the appropriate technology to bring to bear on on this problem that we're trying to solve as a business yeah 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 wow and and it is about solving the business problem isn't it and, and as you said it's if, if, if any of us could predict the future of it we would be the next elon musk or uh... <laughs> so as as always time flies by and um uh when we've got such interesting topics and so let's Moving on to career advice. So what's those one or two bits of career advice you would give the young people listening um, to, to get that foot in the door uh, with their first or second tech job? Yeah, um, I think, you know, it, in all honesty, if you if you just have a genuine passion for coding, um, then, then just do it, you know, like write, write code for fun, write, write and, and put it on GitHub as well and uh, write about what you're writing about, you know, create blog posts or linkedin posts or what is it just let people know that this is something you're passionate about um and you'll build a bit of, a bit of a digital footprint um and that'll serve you really well in your first interview because you can you can say not only can you say you know i've maybe studied at college and i've done you know this at school but you can also show you know here's my passion project i built this for a friend or a charity or a sports club that i work with or whatever it is um uh, and you can actually sit and talk about it. You've got something to talk about with with the interviewer. Whereas, if all you've done is you know kind of roll through school, done GCSEs, A levels, and maybe been off to college, you're just going to be talking about everything that everyone else is talking about. You know, and you're not going to stand out. Um, I think one of the most wonderful stories I heard uh, was from one of this was actually an internal uh, hire 
out of one team into a technical job into a technical role and um the lady in question when she was doing her her degree she needed to gather climate data like so like air it was air quality temperature all that kind of stuff so she went out and bought a load of devices and put them on top of bus stops <laughs> she did she did get in a bit of trouble but once once the person that like was questioning as to why she was installing these devices on top of us they were like okay fine right and then they said well maybe you need to go and talk to these people and in the end she managed to install them on the tops of buildings with you know with permission but it was a really you know she she'd gone out there she'd really used her initiative to do to get this this data that she needed for her for her phd and the other interesting thing was these devices captured so much data we were like how did you deal with this data? And she was like, oh yeah, that was a bit of a problem for us. You know, we had to, had to do some stuff to figure out how to deal with all the data. And these are all the sorts of problems that businesses face. So um, finding someone like that is, is uh, you know, you know it's going to work out well when, when someone's been down that little journey and used their initiative. Yeah, yeah. Well, what a great example. Uh, absolutely great example. Using initiative and, and, and just, yeah, playing with code. If that's, if that's your career, if that's where you want to go, just, just, mm enjoy enjoy that and people will see it at interview won't they you can tell someone who's genuinely passionate about something versus someone who may be just looking at it as a as a paycheck or a, 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 as a as a forced career choice there's one more thing i'd add as well that so when i when i started out which is a long time ago there probably was just sort of project managers and developers and we kind of just bumbled on through and figured it out as we went that has changed now you know there are so many more roles which which vary in the level of technical the technical kind of interest and you you need to have from sort of product owners who are kind of more at the sort of requirements end you've got you know the qas and automation testers you've got the guys boys and girls that do all the develop develop stuff so there's probably 10 or 15 different roles within an engineer a large engineering team now um so it isn't just about coding you know you can work in this space and have a fantastic career never having written a line of code um you just have to have sort of that interest in sort of digital products yeah 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 well look charlie thank you so much this has been a really really interesting um episode and uh thank you you know we've covered a lot in this so you know hopefully for uh a lot of the people listening, you know, we've, we've really have come from looking at some career, but discussing everything from relationships and culture through to being able to predict emerging technologies, you know, all the way through to that career advice of being able to yeah, love the code. And, and as Charlie just said, you know, being being curious, I guess. So, Charlie, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. It's been great. Um, talking to you. Fantastic. And to our, uh, our listeners, that's another episode of the Future Tech Podcast. It's posted on, um, as I said, shared with the STEM Ambassador Association. It's on the website majorgroup.com uh, forward slash podcast and on our Spotify channel. So thank you, everyone. And, and once more, thank you to Charlie.